I always say our job is so much more than it looks like on the outside because everyone's been in that place where they're kind of don't feel right or they're, you know, they don't feel worthy or they feel like they just need something to put their life in a different, better direction. And honestly, for me, even going to the hairdresser and getting a new style and having someone to talk to makes me feel better. And a lot of times having someone come in, giving them a new style, talking to them, we do a lot of, of almost like, it's almost like being a therapist. Like we talk a lot with people and they feel like they can open up to us because a lot of times we don't know anyone they know. They can tell us things and you definitely form like these really strong bonds with your clients. And I get so sad when people move away and, but definitely someone coming in and you can tell that they're kind of downtrodden and not feeling great about themselves. And the look on people's faces sometimes when you turn them around and they see what you've created is like, it's definitely made me cry a lot of times. And it's, you know, and when clients get emotional about it, you get emotional because it, it really is hair, but it, it can change everything about someone's outlook on things and how they feel about themselves is the most important thing. Hello and welcome to You Can Do It, Do It, a podcast about people whose lives have been transformed by trying something new. Today, we have Elise Farnsworth of Aero Salon in Providence, Rhode Island. So my name is Elise Farnsworth, and I own a hair salon off of Hope Street called Aero Salon. Um, this August will be our two-year anniversary. Yeah, it's a four-chair salon, and we're in the best neighborhood in the world, and we're, we love it so much there. So four-chair salon, what, is that, what does that actually mean? So we have four stylists that work there. So commission salon is a salon where the owner provides all of the product and the stylists get paid a portion of what they make. So my salon is a rental salon. So they pay rent to have the chair and then they're allowed like total creative freedom where they can use any sort of color they want. They can book themselves how they want, take time off as they want. So it's a little freer and we do share. We kind of work as like a hybrid where we're really good about borrowing and sharing and working together and helping. But the basis of the salon is is rental. And have you had the four chairs booked the second you walked in the door? What's I started like? with three. So we came from another salon, um, me and two other girls. Um, and since then we've added on another girl and then had a little bit of a, of a shift in staffing. So I have two new girls and one that came with me from a previous salon. When you're looking to sort of build up, you know, a salon and, you know, get different people in or build up a clientele, what's that process look like for you? Oh, staffing was really hard. Um, I did have trouble finding stylists to work at the salon because it's a little harder if you have a slow week. It's not like you don't get, or you nobody's paying you if you have a slow week, so you're not making any money. But in a rental salon, you still have to pay rent. So if you don't have anyone, it's not like it's just a wash. You actually still have to give out money. So it's a little trickier. It's usually styles who are a little more seasoned that come into that. Um, as far as getting clientele, it's so much word of mouth. And the community we're in is so great about it. Like everyone knows everyone. It's a lot of, oh, I like your hair. Where did you get it done? Yeah, we do a lot of marketing. We just sent out postcards to the whole neighborhood. Yeah, we do um, any sort of, like, event we can get involved in, we do. Like, we met you guys at, at the Hometown Pokey thing. Yeah. We do the Hope Street uh, block party. Any Yeah, anything we can get into <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything we can get into like that, we definitely do. But I would say it's mostly social media and word of mouth is 90% of it. 
what types of services do you offer at, at Arrow? So we do strictly hair. We do um, cutting, coloring, uh, men's cuts. We do a service called Brazilian Blowout. It's like a smoothing treatment. A few of the girls that work for me do those crazy like unicorn rainbow colors, oh, wow. <laughs> which are way out of my pay grade, but they are amazing at them. What was the, the thing that kind of got you into doing hair or saying that you wanted to be a is it a stylist would that be your time yeah yeah either so my mom is a hairdresser oh. she's and she's an old school hairdresser so we say hairdresser, hairdresser. So, yeah okay. but either one stylist hairdresser yeah she works in massachusetts so i kind of grew up in a salon i used to get in trouble a lot as a kid because i would cut like hairdos <laughs> out of magazines and glue them into <laughs> notebooks and um I started French braiding my own hair and my American Girl doll's hair really young and tried college. The the agreement was she they would pay for hair school if I went to college, but nobody said graduate. So, (laughs) 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 so I went for a year and a half and ended up dropping out and went right into working at a salon. I worked in Massachusetts for I would say eight or nine years. And was teaching for a company called Goldwell, teaching hair color. And I worked with a girl who owned a salon in Providence. So when I decided to leave my old old salon, I transferred to Providence, was there for about a year and a half. And it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. And I just kind of had the thought, like, I don't want to bounce around anymore. I just want a place that's mine. So that's where Arrow came from. And what was it like to open that space? It was wonderful, actually, because my Family is amazing. And my dad, my mom, and my two brothers built and put in everything in the salon. My dad custom built all the furniture to fit to the salon in the salon. It only took us a month. My mom and I painted. My brothers put the floor down. I don't know if you guys have seen the mural on the side of the building, but my older brother owns a sign company. So he painted that wall, laser cut out a piece of metal put it on the wall, spray painted it, and took it off. Oh, my God. Yeah, our rose wall inside, he did that. Wow. I was so lucky. Yeah, my dad built everything inside. What a great family. It, they're amazing. <laughs> oh they are God. unbelievable. Yeah. So college dropout, and they still they still love you and yeah. show up. Yeah, That's it took a while, but they like me again. <laughs> what did you go to college for? For, uh, for business. I, th- okay. I, I think I always knew I wanted to go into this, to owning, but it's just not for me. Sitting still for too long is not for me. Yeah, I mean, you work in a salon, you're standing yeah. up the whole time, you're always active. Yep, always yeah. moving. So you made the move here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where are you from originally? I'm from uh, Marlboro. Yeah, so like 20 minutes outside of Boston. Everything at the salon I was currently at was kind of deteriorating, and it went from me, the owner, and one other girl to 16 full-time stylists, and it just became a lot. Like, I was answering a lot of questions, taking time away from my guests. I was working 12 hours a day, six days a week, and that was kind of expected of me. So it became a little overwhelming, so I decided to make the jump to Providence. The girl um, that I knew that owned a salon in Providence had offered me a job, so I made the jump here, and I really fell in love with Providence. Like, the second I got here, I really loved it. Everyone was so nice. There's so much community. Like, you don't find that in Boston. It's a lot of chains, and everyone's kind of just on their way somewhere, whereas in Providence, everything is a small business, and everyone's willing to help you and reach out and give you advice and make you part of their community, even though you're not from there or you're brand new to there. Kind of being local or down the street actually does Mm -hmm. have people show up. Yeah. Which is kind of this, like, wonderful phenomenon of, like, the small-town nature of Providence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not like a... 
a traditional small town, but it has that vibe. Like yeah. the and the sense of community is there. I mean, everyone we've interviewed, they're always like, Yeah, I collaborate with this person, this person. It's like yeah. you guys are both like technically you could consider yourself yourself competition. competition. Yeah. But people just don't treat it that Mm-mm. way, which is really it's every time it's surprising. Yeah, so. it's really nice. How is it within the like salon hairstyling community? I love all hairdressers. They're all like crazy awesome people and we actually have a lot of salons on hope street there's a couple across from us there's a big one down the street and um they've only ever said nice things to us and we've only you know if we're too busy we send people down there it's a really i've you know i've only met a couple of them because once i'm in the salon i'm there all day so unless they're coming in and and seeing us i don't really get out to their salons a lot but we do, everyone we've met we really like, we send people down there all the time because it's a big walk-in community. Everyone's always out and about, so we get a lot of people just walking in asking for services, and if we can't do it, we're like, oh, try these other places because we've only ever heard good things. Again, that's like kind of counterintuitive to the way that like a, a big chain might yeah. run their business. It's like, yeah. oh, just wait here for an hour and a half. <laughs> we'll find someone. Just hang out. Exactly, Yeah. No, I kind of feel like there's a butt for every seat. Like, if you are good enough and you're getting enough people saying to your clients, where did you get your hair done? Mm-hmm. Or can you write down your hairdresser's name? Then you'll be booked no matter what. Yeah. So if you're too busy, send them down to somebody else where they might have a great relationship with them and really love their hair. Now, for you, is it just the salon or do you end up like doing weddings and other things as well? Or? So my first experience doing hair bef- while I was younger before I went to hair school was I actually I would do things on my friends all the time like braids and stuff but my first experience getting paid to do hair was I did my first bride when I was 13 yeah so I started doing (laughs) weddings at 13 and uh, I kind of would do them almost every weekend proms weddings anything that required an updo I was doing all the way through like the end of middle into high school in college you know, my going out money was highlighting someone's hair in the hallway because I had already gone to hair school. I went to high school all day. And then every night while I was in high school, I went 530 to 930 to hair school. Wow. So I already had that kind of in my back pocket to use in college to make a little extra money. I'm trying to imagine <laughs> a, a, a bride for a wedding and being like, oh, where's my hairdresser? And, and then like you show a 13 year old shows up yeah. and she's like, I thought that oh, was a flower no. girl. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> she hands you a little basket of flowers and she's like, you're going to look so cute today. And you're like, no, I'm no. actually here to do your My hair. one curling iron and my one <laughs> bottle of hairspray. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. How do you think it turned out? Great. It was one of my teachers, actually. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and oh you, so you were already doing the night class at that point. Oh, no, it was just like literally. No, this was, yeah. <laughs> I was, I didn't start actually doing the class until yeah. I was 16. So yeah. for three years, I was on the lamb doing I'm the hair. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The hair no. police will never catch yes. me. Do you have to have a license to work with hair? Yes, thank God, because it's all sharp objects and chemicals. I, we get a lot of things in the salon that are kind of at-home disasters. Yeah. I would say that's a big part of what we do is people coming in with, you know, black box color. And I I say this all the time that I don't feel like my biggest competitor is the salon down the street. I feel like my biggest competitor is the color someone's getting for $10 at CVS. Mm. So the amount of times we have to fix something like that is way more than you would think. Color that you get at CVS, is it actually good? Couldn't tell you. No. No, I have no idea. You just never used it. There's no one kind of governing that. So there can be anything in that box, which is kind of scary to fix because you don't know what you're getting into. You could be getting literally anything. Anything. And plus, like, 
do you want it to be putting, you know, if you're getting, if you're regularly getting your hair dyed, mm-hmm. do you really want it to be putting random stuff on your head? Yeah. Like it's seeping into your skin. Mm-hmm. Like that just feels. Yeah. Uh, sure I understand. Oh, I'm not sure I understand either. <laughs> because why would anybody do that? Siri, tell me. Did I say something that sounded like <laughs> Siri? That's saying it. That was a question. I'm not sure I understand. And you're like, well, Nobody you understands. see Siri. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like that was actually maybe she was one of your clients she's like i'm not sure i understand I'm, you're saying they'll I'm put saying anything, Siri, on my head. anything could be in that box so what kind of standards do you hold yourself to then i mean if you're you know if you're trying to deter someone from doing that ten dollar box of hair dye how do you sell them on something obviously more expensive but mm-hmm. a higher quality and a better result i mean it's all in how it feels too if if i can get them in the chair and get them to have a professional service done you notice the difference right away like it's not something that you know, all those kind of like Pantene commercials and things they'll say, all these celebrities will say, my hair's never felt better, but it's not true. <laughs> you, you you feel the difference right. in a professional product and a something you can get over the counter. So just having a few services and a lot of times people will come in and say, you know, my hair's breaking and I can't figure out why. Or I have this like banding in my collar and I can't figure out why. And within a few appointments, we can kind of medicate whatever is going on with their hair. So the proof is kind of in the pudding that way, where they have to actually get the service done. That's kind of what I say to people who come in for their first appointment, too, is, you know, everyone's very nervous and doesn't know how to explain what they want. So we take the time to have a really good consultation, explain to them what we're going to be doing, and really listen to what they're saying, kind of get in their heads about what they want, too, because you can't prove it to someone until it's done. Like, you don't know till you know. I remember kind of growing up, like, the hair books, mm-hmm. like the 1980s. <laughs> Big hair. Thank oh, yeah. God for Pinterest. <laughs> is, is Pinterest the main way people find yes. out about styles now? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, we get a lot of people coming in with Pinterest pictures or screenshots that they've taken. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So you have way any easier. of the old books? In no. Your no. And people, some people will come in and ask and we say, you know, do you want to borrow our iPad and look at things or do you want to look through the magazines up front? Because it's very, like those books are very different than what's happening now feels like certain industries, Pinterest is just like the way you do things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My wife is like deep That's how we Pinterest. redid our kitchen yeah. and home. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's how we did our remodel. The internet's a great thing. It was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Like being able to find something and just be like, all right, so I don't want any of these one things in particular, but yeah. like like a combination of these five. Like I want like long in the back and short <laughs> in the front. You want a mullet? Yeah, <laughs> I want a party. Like have you ever have you ever wanted to have a party in the back and like, you know, business in the front? Yeah, it's funny. We have a like an A-frame sign outside that we change the sayings on all the time. We always kind of do like funny hair sayings. And we have one that's we put free mullet removal on it all the time. <laughs> that's right. And we get so many people coming in laughing about it or yeah. saying like, is this a mullet? Can I get a free haircut? <laughs> That's our that's our big hit, the free mullet removal. Have you given any mullets since you started? I have not. I'm kind of more of a traditional, like lived in beachy kind of hairdresser, mm-hmm. but a few of the girls do some some crazy things. When you said you you lived in beach hairstyle? Yeah, kind of like funny. so we call it uh balayage or hair painting is what I do mostly. So it's like a freehand um, lightening. So, you know, when you see people that have girls that have like a darker root and it blends out into like lighter ends, something like that. So it's, it's definitely very individualized where people can say, I want brightness around my face or I want to see a little lighter at the bottom. So it's something that's more creative for me. I feel like. Hmm. Mm -hmm. What's the craziest thing people come in and ask you to do? Oh gosh. I don't know. I'd have to say a lot of that 
crazy colored rainbow hair is is really cool and very like it's super Instagram-y. Like, you know, that's what gets a lot of people engaged with our Instagram is those crazy colors. I had somebody once at my previous salon come in and ask me to put hot pink extensions in their rat tail. Yes. So that was fun. Nice. In their rat tail? <laughs> yeah. Like woven woman. in or like on the on the bottom of it? She had like a pretty thick rat tail and we put like a couple little extensions in it and then she had me like braid the pink extensions into it. Nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds kind of awesome. Yeah. The last time I experienced a rat tail, I think was in like third grade. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think yeah. it was like yeah, it was like third grade, yeah. and it was it was, it was a boy, and he had a shaved head, and then just like a, a like a little a thin rat, ponytail. Do you know how is committed really it, you have to be to a rat tail? Yeah, it takes so long. You have to not change your mind about a hairstyle for, for a so very long, long time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. is that is that still like le- legit? What a rat tail is, or is there more to it now? I hope it doesn't exist anymore. But that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I thought you said you did a rat tail. <laughs> this was a few years ago, but okay. Oh, okay. I hope there are no more. Is it, would that be like on, t- on the list of like? top least favorite hairstyles this rat tail on the i think so or we always talk about not doing that i don't know if you guys remember like the first kelly clarkson album where she had like the thick white highlights and the thick yeah. red highlights yeah. we always kind of like tease that you know people come in and say i want to see a lot of highlight we're like well not like the kelly clarkson highlights <laughs> right like that's a big hairdressing community joke is the kelly clarkson highlights right. And then yeah. they just turn around. They're like, well, I guess if this place doesn't want to do it, then it's not for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson fan. And you're like, that is a great barbershop down the yes, street. Yes, they'll do it for you. Now, when you're um, sort of switch gears a little bit and, mm-hmm. and talking more about the feeling of mm-hmm. working with people and, and providing a service. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk like philosophically a little bit. Like let's let's kind of be poetic about what hairdressing or styling is like giving someone something different or a change or beauty on the outside like what that means to you to to be able to to give someone as a service I always say our job is so much more than it looks like on the outside because everyone's been in that place where they're kind of don't feel right or they're you know they don't feel worthy or they feel like they just need something to put their life in a different better direction And honestly, for me, even going to the hairdresser and getting a new style and having someone to talk to makes me feel better. And a lot of times having someone come in, giving them a new style, talking to them, we do a lot of of almost like it's almost like being a therapist. Like we talk a lot with people and they feel like they can open up to us. Because a lot of times we don't know anyone they know. They can tell us things. And you definitely form like these really strong bonds with your clients. And I get so sad when people move away. And But definitely someone coming in and you can tell that they're kind of downtrodden and not feeling great about themselves. And the look on people's faces sometimes when you turn them around and they see what you've created is like it's definitely made me cry a lot of times and it's you know and when clients get emotional about it you get emotional because it it really is hair but it it can change everything about someone's outlook on things and how they feel about themselves is the most important thing yeah a lot of times it's like kind of taking what's on the inside and being Mm -hmm. able to turn it into what's definitely yeah um yeah do you do you watch any beauty shows you're getting into shows like queer eye Yes, we love Queer Eye. <laughs> we like count down the days for Queer Eye. Yeah. Yes, we love Jonathan. He's our hero. Jonathan. Yes. Pretty great. He's so good. Yeah. We talked about him at work today. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, we love him. We do like the Jonathan spins sometimes into work. <laughs> <laughs>
is there a parallel then between what you guys do and what they do? I mean, it's that same like... I would say definitely on a smaller scale. There's, a, I think, a lot more that goes into what they do because they get to overhaul someone's whole life. But definitely somebody coming in that's not taking care of themselves and doesn't feel like they're worth all of the money and maintenance because it can be expensive to get your hair done all the time. And when people actually put that time and effort and money into themselves, it changes the way they feel about themselves. I think that's a lot of what the show shows people too, is that when you take care of yourself, it, it matters. And a lot of those people on the show same as a lot of our clients will take care of everyone around them and make sure everyone around them is is good and taken care of and happy but they never turn it on themselves so it's really really nice and fun and really emotional to to get to see that change in someone and see that they're worth it and they can look the way they feel on the inside does it feel kind of like a calling like something that you're you're you were made 100 percent, 100 percent. it's all i can ever remember wanting to do and i think Going back to making people feel better, I could make my friends feel better when I was younger. And a lot of times when people were having a bad day, I would, you know, something as simple as French braiding their hair. Mm. And I would always get in trouble in school for doing it like in the middle of class. But (laughs) (laughs) but it can change somebody's whole day around just feeling better because, you know, the days when you don't feel good, it just changes your whole day. So Mm. when you feel great, it changes it in the opposite way. Yeah, I always feel better when I get a haircut. Mm-hmm. And like the the feel week, more confident. Yeah. It's like the week yeah. leading up to the cut, I'm like, I'm gonna haircut this weekend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna look good. That's the best feeling too, when people are like, I've been looking forward to this all week. And you can kind of see like a weight lift off of them when they sit down. Is there a t- ever a time in the salon when you point them away from the mirror so you can like do your magic and then spin them around? Mm-hmm. You do that? Yes. <laughs> Is that the Jonathan spin? Was oh. that what you were talking about? Or, I should yeah. do more of a dramatic Jonathan spin. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they have like vertigo or something. And then they're like, no, please. One of my favorite things too is handing somebody like a handheld mirror and spinning them around so they can see the back of their hair. Because that's kind of where everything happens. Like the front you can make look great, but the back is kind of where everything lives. And they can see the side and the back and letting them see all that. And a lot of people, even though we do the same thing every time, will like, give me the mirror. I want to see the back. <laughs> even though it's the same thing we've done, right, you know, right. for the past 12 years, they'll say, I need to see the back before I go. I never thought of that as like a trick of the trade being like, cause you know, sometimes at the end of a haircut, I'm like turned away and I'm like, well, I guess they're just doing that part of my yeah. hair. And they're like, no, no, no. The great reveal at the they end. Like spin you and go, yeah. ta-da. <laughs> Fireworks go <laughs> yeah. off. Like, I don't think this is up to I wish, code. I wish we could afford that. <laughs> now when you're getting a haircut, is it eyes open or eyes closed? When I get a haircut? When you get a haircut. Ugh. I guess eyes open because I don't really. I just get, like, trims. People get very attached to their hair. It's it's a big deal when someone comes in and says they want to cuddle their hair off. Everyone in the salon will be like, what are you doing? What's happening? Yeah. (laughs) We all get very involved with each other's clients. The girls that work for me are amazing. And we all of us will talk together and talk with each other's clients. And it kind of becomes like a little community in there and everyone listens in and talks. And so when someone's getting a big transformation, I'll have clients sit in the waiting room because somebody and someone in someone else's chair is almost done with their big transformation and they need to see like the ending because they've been there through the whole thing. Yeah. 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 It's really fun. Especially with longer hair too. It's like just a commitment to get to that point. Mm -hmm. You're going to cut it off. It's like, that's what I mean. Security blanket and then you just chop it. I I feel like I'm just talking about myself right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, tough. Yeah, because I've thought about cutting it a bunch of times, and I'm like, 
uh, but then I'll never grow it back. It's pretty no much way. all we talk about. Like, should I come in here? What do you think? What do you think I should do with my hair? <laughs> 400 times a day. Yeah. Like, are you sure? No, yeah. I'm not going to. You know what? Today I'm not going to. Yeah. Do it. I'm like, oh, for the spring, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Are you an eyes open or eyes closed? I d- I've never even heard that question before. I didn't know that was the I, thing. You know, honestly, the only time people are eyes closed is if they're getting like a big transformation. Uh, I close the, my eyes the entire time. You do? Yeah, do it looks like really? I'm sleeping. Every I time? can't see anyway. So like oh. having them open oh, is t- like. <laughs> you take your glasses yeah. off. I take them off and <laughs> I'm just like. You're like Mr. Magoo. And you're like, like this guy hates me. Yeah, right? <laughs> do you talk to the person who does your hair? For a little bit. And yeah. then, you know, the conversation. I'm not very interesting and I don't ask a lot of questions. It's funny. There's two very different sides to what someone's me time is. Like a lot of times people coming in and telling us about what's going on with them and a little bit more of like a therapy session. And a lot of times it's coming in and reading a magazine and being completely silent. Huh. And you have to. Like in the chair? Yeah. And I took. Well. You can do that. Of course. And a lot of times women are there for. Like I have clients who are there for like three or four hours sometimes. So if that's their time away from their kids and their husband and work and they just need a minute to be quiet and we have a lot of clients that bring their laptops and do work. And so if that's what they need to do, then I'm like, you do you. Yeah. You don't take any insult to that. No, no, not at all. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I, I don't think I could do that. I think if I sat down and I took out a magazine, I'd be like, I'm such a jerk. I'm like, <laughs> well, you're yeah, but if you were like there for minutes. four hours, yeah, hey, kind listen, of. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> you don't know. I do. That's how long mine is. He has just, highlights in there. You can't see that's that. That's right. They're underneath. It's gray. <laughs> yeah. I get gray highlights. Same. Silver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I, I feel compelled to talk. Sometimes I like look over their shoulders and be like, oh my God, can you believe that? Katy Perry yeah. did that, like they're if they're like, looking at the magazines, but <laughs> and they just put up one hand, and they go, "No, no, this is my time. That's enough out of you. Yeah. This is my Katy Perry." <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, when you're cutting hair, eyes open or closed? Oh, closed always, okay. always closed. <laughs> it's one eye, closed just one always. Yeah. Daredevils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you walk us through a little bit? Uh, is it beauty school? Is that the schooling? Like, what's the yeah, what's the cosmetology name of cosmetology school? Beauty school, awesome. yeah. What's what's the curriculum like? What's the process like of learning how to cut hair? There's actually a lot of like book testing. You you have to do a chapter a week. I I also went to a very small hair school a long time ago, so I don't know if it's different now, but there's a lot of learning and taking tests every week and then you have to do hands-on. Also the the schools that are a little more like academies, like the Toady and Guy kind of places, you go through stages almost like high school. Mine wasn't like that. I was in the night class and I was kind of in with the women who were looking to like change their career or had been home raising kids and then wanted to get a career. So I didn't have kids my own age going through a class. I kind of just went in and got done what I had to do every night. So it was a little different for me, but the testing is a big part of it. And then when you're done with cosmetology school, you take a state board test. So you have to go somewhere, usually at like 5 a.m., and go through a written test and um, a hands-on test. You have to do almost everything you've learned. And the biggest part of cosmetology school is learning what kind of diseases um, can, yeah, it's mostly cleanliness. It's um, diseases, learning the bones, the muscles, uh, everything in the scalp, different ways hair can grow. It gets very technical. The only question I want to ask now is a stupid question. So I'm just going to get out of the system. Did you have to shave a balloon at all? No, but 
I, so that's not cosmetology though. No. That's barber school. Oh, okay. So there's, there's barber school. There's barber school. If you go to cosmetology school, then you want to go to barber school. They give you a little break on the hours. Huh. So it's all broken down in hours. In Rhode Island, I think it's 1,500 hours you have to do. In Mass, it's only 1,000. Oh. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the good academies are in Rhode Island, so a lot of people mm. from Mass will go to Rhode Island, yeah. Oh, really? Uh, mm-hmm. What's a good academy in Rhode Island? There's a Paul Mitchell Academy. There's a Tony and Guy. They teach a lot of business at those those academies, too, which I didn't get in my, my hair school. Yeah, but you did get a little bit of it. I would just go home and go, Mom, what is this? Teach me. <laughs> so how how does hair grow? Like in a in a way that's like meaningful for cutting it. Like what's the what are some some things like people off the street don't know, like fun facts about hair? Well, so as far as hair growing, people's hair grows at different rates. So that's why some people are able to get like really long, thick hair, and some people will say, I can't get my hair to grow like past my shoulder because it's falling out at a different rate. So that's interesting. And then curly hair versus straight hair. Curly hair grows out at a different angle of your head. So that's why you get the curl. And when you cut curly hair, if you cut an inch off curly hair, you're losing like four inches because it bounces up. Wow. Whereas if you cut an inch off straight hair, you're just losing an inch. Yeah. Where's a cowlick come from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but cowlicks are, I always say if there was no ears and no cowlicks, hairdressing would be the easiest thing. <laughs> ears and cowlicks. Mm-hmm. It's ruined life for you. I know. Well, the ears are fixable because you have scissors. Yeah. Uh, and the calyx <laughs> might be. It's my worst be- nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, when I was, uh, when I was younger, we used to go to a barber in Jamestown, and there was a report in the newspaper about a Jamestown barber cutting somebody's ear. And I had the worst fear as a kid that I don't it was you. that barber, and mm-hmm. I would have to go back. And I don't, I don't think after that, my, I threw like the biggest tantrum, and my mom just never ears took bleed me back so there. much, too. Yeah. It's terrifying. Ugh. Horrible to know. It's hard with kids. Kids move around so much. Yeah, yeah. You almost have to be like, if you move again, I might cut your ear. And so we kind of scare them like you oh, were. Man. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't want that to happen, would I? Yeah. I know. Yeah. That might, yeah. That might be the reason why I close my eyes. So mm-hmm. I'm afraid. You're still traumatized. Yeah. Still afraid. Yeah. People get traumatized. I have clients that, you know, said to a hairdresser, I want an inch off, and they got 10 inches off, and they still will say to me, just this much. How much are you cutting? Can I see it? Just this much. Because it's traumatizing. Mm. Like I said, it's like a little security blanket and then it's gone. Was that like a, they had curly hair and they didn't know how to do it or they just were terrible? No. Sometimes hairdressers, we call it scissor happy. They get a little scissor happy and they take a little more than the, the person wanted. Whether it's because they needed it or they just felt like it is two different things. But So the opening of the business, you had a lot of family help yes. and that was actually pretty smooth sailing sounds mm-hmm. like how is it running a salon it's maybe? way more than I ever thought it was going to be yeah because I do work full-time still so a lot of the ordering and cleaning and all of that is done if a client cancels I'm like oh I have an hour I can get all of this done or coming in on a Sunday for a few hours uh, I take the towels home every night and do them at my house because we're very small we're only 700 square feet so a lot of that stuff is done just by me. I take the trash home every night. I take the towels home. So having a small business that is that small has comes with its own challenges, definitely. What do you think about with, with growth with, with a business like that? Do you see it like, you is know, I'm another happy. salon? Yeah, exactly. I don't know yeah. yet. I really like where we're at right now. 
I've worked in small salons and I've worked in big salons. I think I like a smaller salon. I like the community part of it. Maybe another salon someday. I don't know if I want it to be too much bigger. And I definitely don't want to leave Hope Street. So it would have to be another space on Hope Street that became available. What's that been like to be a part of Hope Street with like Frog and Toad, Stock, and and a lot of the other businesses there? I, I can't say. I feel like Wonderful doesn't even cover it. It's amazing. The girls at the toy store next door were so helpful at the beginning and still are. Like anything we needed. Jan is amazing. The girls at Evolve, um, Sue that owns Evolve is just wonderful. Dixie, everybody is so nice and so helpful. And right away, Asher at Frog and Toad runs a really cool program where he brings in high school kids and gives them jobs on the street. And so we were able to take in a high school kid over Christmas and they give you, you pay the minimum wage. And then this program that Asher runs gives you money back after you finish up the program with them. So it kind of gets, it gives you an opportunity to get help at a lower cost and it gives these kids something to put on their resume. So we had this wonderful girl named Kalani and we miss her so much. So what did she do for you? She folded towels. She greeted people, got them drinks. Um, our bags and coffee mugs are all stamped with our logo. So yeah. I made her do that for like hours, <laughs> just kind of anything, you know, we'd yell at her to grab a towel or grab foils, anything we kind of needed. She was, she was awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. And yeah, I remember seeing a, a few, it's Hope Street Kids or Hope Street. Oh gosh. Something along those lines. Well, Hope Works. <clears throat> Hope Works. Hope Works. Hope Street Kids. Is Hope, Street Street Hope Street Kids. Uh, Hope Street Kids. Hope know, Works. Yeah. Hope, Hope Works is much, Hope works. much better. Yeah. And then at the end of that, he had this amazing get together at Seven Stars. And he actually had the business owners get up and say something about each kid that they had and wow. present them with like a cool trophy with their name on it. Oh, and really we were all sweet. like sitting at the table crying. <laughs> were the like frog and toad trophies of like world's fastest lover? I wish. Those are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Is it something you think you'll do again? Yeah, definitely at Christmas again. Yeah, because that's when we get really crazy busy and stuff like greeting people kind of becomes a little harder because you really need to stay in a rhythm and get all of your clients in and out. And we don't have a receptionist. So getting people in and out and greeting everyone, getting drinks, making a coffee becomes like this huge task when you're that busy. So she was like unbelievable for all of that. That's like, yeah, again, not a nice opportunity to provide a, a, some job experience, something for yeah. the resume, and like teach someone a yeah. little bit about a trade that maybe they hadn't been interested in before. Yeah, and when she was done working for us, um, our friend Lindsay, who owns the Cheeky Hound, needed somebody to work for her, so she took Kalani over with her, and wow. she still works for her. Yeah, that's great. I know. So we still go and bug her and visit her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. um, I would go home and play video games. Yeah. I would go to school all day and then I would go home and play video games. I did nothing else. I, I worked at a liquor store as a stock boy. I yeah. did nothing. Um, <laughs> stock and I hear, boy. Stock boy. <laughs> take this to my car. Um, and then I see someone like you who, like, you literally, you're like, you were doing stuff on the weekends. You started mm-hmm. taking, going to um, cosmetology school in the evenings. Like, what do you, what do you think it is about you? that drives you to, to do this, to go extra, to do this? If I'm being honest, it was just that I was really good at it. Yeah. And I just wanted people to tell me how good at it I was. Okay. I mean, that's a <laughs> teenage mindset. It's great. Okay. Yeah. I, and it was a way for my friends, like for people to like all of my friends in high school would be like, 
Elisa's in hair school, she can highlight my hair. Or like, you know, the whole softball team would line up so I could like French braid their hair. So it was a way, it's always been a way for me to keep in touch with people and get to know people. And even in high school, people I didn't talk to all the time would be like, hey, can you just French braid my hair? Or found out I was in cosmetology school and would come and get a highlight while I, you know, at the school. And even now I still see all of my high school friends because they all still come, people I wouldn't normally see. But I I don't know. I think it was a mixture of being naturally good at it. And I always say it kind of just works in my brain like an like an artist. You know, kids can just pick up a pen and draw sometimes. It always it was always like a puzzle that made sense in my head. So I think that combined with just really loving it. Like as a young kid, all all I remember in movies as a kid is what someone's hair looked like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I could tell you in any movie from the 90s what every actress's hair looked like. I spent hours just staring at Jennifer Aniston trying to figure out how they made her hair look like it's different in every light, every time she turns a different way. So it was always just an interest in it and being naturally good at it and kind of the camaraderie of it, I guess. It was a combination of those things. Yeah, I mean, you get to, like you said, like people come in and you didn't mention this specifically, but they become kind of a family to you like over time. Mm -hmm. I've experienced that in a small way, you know. I don't dig deep with hairdressers, unfortunately. I think they're <laughs> great. but uh, 20 minutes every couple of weeks. Yeah. I know. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah, but it's too easy to do my hair. But over a long time, that's a good chunk of time. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten to know some people really well mm-hmm. because of that and become friends with people and stuff. So, yeah. so that kind of helps drive you through it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thing, too, where you know everyone's kids' names and their dog's name right. and their husband's name and you know, what they do for work and all that, but you've never actually met any of those people or seen them, you know, 90% of the time you're looking at them, it's through a mirror, but you still create this really strong connection with them. Yeah. Does it ever weird anybody out when you're like, their kids come in and you're like, Hey, that's Jimmy. Yes. All the time I'm always like, Oh yeah, you, I know all about you. Yeah. They're like, Oh yeah. My secrets. What a creep. Yeah. (laughs) What a creep. (laughs) Now, do you ever get any, um, like weird party invitations as a result of being in your industry? Mm. Like do people invite you to stuff where you're weddings like, I can't a lot. believe I was invited. To yeah, that. weddings yeah. a lot. Um, and not to do their hair, just to go? No, <laughs> it's always to do their hair. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, I mean, a few things. I, I've definitely made really good friends from doing their hair. Not, not as many as you would think. It's, it's hard to take it from, the salon out of the salon, Mm. but definitely the friends I have made doing it. And I consider all my clients friends, but like the outside of the salon friends I've made are some of my best friends. It's an intimate thing. Someone like touching your head for three hours, especially three to four hours. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I start sweating just thinking about like, you're an endurance athlete. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like, (laughs) well, these, like they call them unicorn colors or rainbow colors, mermaid colors, the ones that some of the other girls at my salon do. A lot of it is taking every bit of color out of the hair. So lightening until it's almost white and then adding back in all of those unnatural colors. And it's, it's an art form. I watch them and I'm like amazed a lot of the time. Even seeing photos of it, I'm like, I... I will never be able to do this. That's like, how I feel. This is, yeah. Yeah, it's a different kind of art. That's definitely. why you should have it done to yourself. I cut my own hair Next once, week. and it was a mistake. <laughs> I did it on purpose, but it, it was very much a mistake. Aside from box color, that's the other thing we yeah. fix a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I had this, like, I don't know, I had this, like, moment a few years ago, maybe, maybe like, eight or nine years ago. Like, late at night, like, drove out to, like, Putnam to go to a coffee shop. It was just, like, in a, in a funk. Yeah. And driving home, I was like, 
I'm going to shave my head. Mm-mm. So ne- I got never home. in a funk do that. I didn't, I didn't have any, I didn't have any like Bic razors, which is probably good. Um, Cause that wouldn't have ended well, but I had like my beard trimming razor. Yeah. Um, and I just like, took it through my hair on the oh, top like of clippers my head. not the clippers okay yeah. i'm like <laughs> i'm imagining you with like a stridge or something just no, like, like the, yeah yeah the beard yeah, yeah, clippers yeah. and just you know took it through my hair and i was like oh it's fine and then i ran into a, a hairdresser friend uh that sunday and she goes you cut your hair <laughs> it's like it's traumatizing for us it's like yeah okay. she's like uh you cut your hair like she, nothing nice to it, say. It was rough. Yeah. Well, because I had she just like kept missed, saying in different ways. Your hair I was cut. Missed yeah. patches of it. So like, you did it that. Was like long in some yeah. spots. It was Ugh. like really short in others. It was See, that's why there's a license attached to this. Scene. Right. Yeah. Um, have Have you Have you had uh, any experiences cutting your own hair, or you knew? No, I so have no, go. no because my mom was a hairdresser. I never experienced any sort of like box color or doing my own anything she always did it and a lot of times it's almost a detriment to me because people will come in and say I use this box color or they'll name me the box color and the the color type and and say do you know what that is and I'm like I don't like I've never even held a box color in my hand wow. I don't know yeah I don't know anything about them I was no <laughs> I was really lucky that she always was up for doing anything yeah mm-hmm I'm the only girl too, so I was like okay. the Barbie. How many other siblings? Two brothers. Mm. Are you the oldest or younger? Middle. Middle. Mm-hmm. You think Very that, much. true middle. You think that Three. influenced your work work ethic at all? Yeah. So my older brother owns a company, and when I was a teenager, he owned bars, um, and then he was always in graphic design. He did it in high mm. school. He owned bars in between, and kind of would design all of the graphics for the bar. Mm. And then he worked for a graphic designer and then opened his own company just by himself, decided to do it. So I think seeing that it could be done was a huge thing for me. Yeah. Seeing that, especially my family helped with that too, with the bar and with his sign company. So seeing that I would have backup was was a huge thing for me. What's, what's it like with the youngest? He is in a management position uh, for work, and he's just really helpful. He's awesome. I was there all day at his house actually painting all day today. Like uh-huh. Every weekend we're like home projects, my whole family. Oh, yeah. wow. Together? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Do you live close with them still? I don't. I live in Easton, Mass., so I'm about an hour from them, but I still make the drive every weekend. Because you're not a Rhode Islander. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If you're an I hour know. from somebody in Rhode Island, you feel like, well, I guess you're dead to me. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> so I hear. You mentioned the the artistry of what some other people in your uh, salon do. What are your feelings about the artistry of hair in general? Do you 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 seem to see like what you do as art too? It's funny. It's different. How it seems like it's different in my head than other people's head. Like in my head, it's almost like fabric. I oh, guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of falls a certain way. If you cut it a certain way, you always have to think about when it comes down, what's it going to do. Or if you place color in a certain place, what's it going to do? This the same as like as fabric would be. Yeah, it it all has to make sense in your head. You have to be able to see what the outcome would be before you go in with color or scissors and kind of see how things will fall. Calyx is a huge part of it. Like yeah. seeing how a calyx is going to, you know, if you put a highlight right across the middle of a calyx and then it splits open and you can see that straight line through it, 
that's an issue. So you kind of have to see how each individual person's hair falls before you can just start cutting or start coloring. So it really is like that, like a swishy kind of fabric in my head. That's amazing. So it's almost like you actually, in your head, you start from the end a little bit yeah. figure out your way back like how do I get there yeah. but here's what the vision I have for it when I was younger that's how I used to explain it to people with updos like brides and proms I would kind of see the the end result the picture they would show me and I would take it apart in my head yeah. and then put it back together on their head that is like a little bit of superpower I like the fabric <laughs> thing I know that's yeah. I, it actually like the moment you said it I've, it I've never sense. thought it makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense like I, I still it, can't it quite drapes. see it but yeah yeah the light hits it a certain way. It's yeah. got a sheen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you it's a similar. I mean, I, I can't describe how people work with fabric either because I know nothing. But um, it's just <laughs> I'm imagining a, a similar like pattern yeah. to it. I don't know. And it's definitely an extension of someone's personality. Like there are yeah. certain things I can see on one person that I couldn't imagine being on another person. Yeah, once you meet them and get to know them and their style and vibe of everything, you kind of feel out what they want and what you think would be good for them and kind of meet in the middle. Personality, style, even like hobbies. If they're, you know, at the beach every weekend, they have to have something different than someone who's in the library every weekend. Because especially those crazy unicorn colors, you can't be in the salt water, you can't be in the pool. A lot of those people, we suggest they wash their hair like once a week and a lot of dry shampoo because that color will come right out. So there's definitely a lifestyle to each hair also. Like the way you cut things, if someone's not blow drying their hair, you don't want to give them this crazy elaborate haircut that needs to be blow dried. They have to have something that can air dry and be a little more lived in. And there's so much more to it. I've had so many people say to me, oh, my kids want want to be a hairdresser, but I told them they have to go to college. Or, you know, I would never let my daughter be a hairdresser even though she wants to be. Or that person's just a hairdresser. So there's still, like, this weird stigma attached to it. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think because people aren't educated enough on it, and it kind of looks easy when there's really so much (laughs) thought that goes into it. Yeah. Definitely does not look easy. No. <laughs> I think maybe well, maybe certain all, people. Yeah. And they don't see all like the how many things go into a bowl before you can right. mix it and put it on someone's head too. And someone could look at it and say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe someone thought to do that. That's beautiful. That must have taken so much energy and time to put into thinking up something new like that. So it's kind of you know, I have a lot of people who say oh, I don't like that new style. That's awful. Why do girls do that to their hair? Especially with this gray trend that's going on. I have a lot of clients that will say, I come in every six weeks and get my gray covered. Why are people doing that? But to them, it's something funky and new that wasn't done before. Yeah, and it would take them like 40 or 50 years to get. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's one of the hardest things to do because, again, you have to take all the color out and Mm. then put that gray back on top. And probably... I'm sure you guys try to do it in a way that doesn't just like demolish your yes. hair. Because you could do that on your own maybe, but then you're going to come in and be like, um, why, does, why is it straw and it's yeah. just ripping out. out of my head mm-hmm. when, I, when I touch it? Yeah, the integrity of everyone's hair is our most important thing. Yeah, and I can't even imagine stripping the color out and bringing color back in and still having hair afterwards. Yeah, yeah we always call it session styling. So we tell people that if their end goal is pretty far away from what they come in with, we do it in stages. We never mm. promise it can be done in one day because hair can only take so much. So we definitely do a lot of things in stages to get them where they want to be. Mm. Is hair alive? No. So it's funny. Anything, people always say, oh, my hair is falling out. My texture's changing. They have a lot of questions about their hair for us. And we always say it has nothing to do with what we, what we do. That's more of like, 
go to the doctor because everything inside of your body comes out through your hair. So if your thyroid's off, you're not eating right, you start a new medication, it can all change the way that your hair grows. What? Mm-hmm. This is this is fun. <laughs> well, that explains <laughs> why I grew a neat donut on top of my head the other day. <laughs> That's the donut. And then a peavy donut. Same. It's like, yeah. Same. <laughs> oh, yeah. So sort of back to the question of like pe- people deterring their kids from entering cosmetology yeah. school or, or becoming a hairdresser. What in an ideal situation, what would you tell them? Like, how would you advocate for what you do for a living? Well, I think their fear is always money. So it's kind of knowing your worth. I always tell the girls that work for me, you know, no one's going outside, grabbing someone, dragging them in, putting them in their chair and saying, you have to get your hair done and you have to pay this amount. If you're putting out a product that is worth that amount, people are going to pay it. And if they love what you do, they're going to pay it. So if you, you know, we go to classes constantly. We spend almost every Monday at a class. We travel a lot for class. We just booked a trip to Nashville for a class. So we're constantly learning. So it's all of that time and effort and learning that happens in that two-hour appointment. You know, it's days and weeks and months of learning that's boiled down to your small appointment. So I always say to people, if they really love it, you know, if your kid talks about being a hairdresser all the time, they love it. It's all they want to do. They're going to bring that passion into actually doing it. And they're going to be one of the people who makes money doing it. They're not going to be someone who's charging, you know, $10 for a haircut, doing 30 haircuts a day, killing themselves. It's going to be an art for them, not a factory. So they're going to be able to make the money that they would make doing another job. Because I think that's what it is. I think it's the financial aspect that kind of makes people a little leery of it. Have you experienced things like in Providence or Rhode Island um, that have been good for you as a small business? Providence is very, like, funky. Everyone wants something cool and something new. No one's wearing their hair in, like, you know, a tight ponytail gelled to their head with no style. Everyone's very individual and unique and, and wants their hairstyle that fits them. So we get a lot of people that have ideas and want to do new things. It's not always us saying, what about this? What about this? Like back to Pinterest, people come in with these Pinterest boards of all these really cool things they want to do and where they want to go with it. People will say, I want this now. And, you know, six months from now, I want to transform it into this. Providence is very into funky, cool, being different, which makes our job so much more fun. How has owning your own business and chasing something that you've been passionate about since you were 13 years old transformed your life? Oh, gosh, in so many ways. I think being able to be a leader for other people is something I didn't always know that I wanted. But now that I'm in that role, I really love it. And I really love playing off of people and kind of getting to create this environment that's warm and welcoming and and helpful and no one feels like they're coming into work worried ever hopefully I never I come into work with a smile on my face every day whereas other jobs I'd come in worried about what this person thought or that person thought or my boss is going to be mad at me I really love the girls that work for me and we've just created this really cool home for everyone and we love that the same people come in all the time I think just liking where I work in addition to what I do has completely changed my life. Getting up every morning, like, ready to go. Like, it's not hard for me to get out of bed anymore. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, guys. It's awesome. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to You Can Do It, Do It. If you want to learn more about what Elise is up to, you can visit youcandoitdoit.com. 
Additionally, uh, follow us at YCDIDI on Instagram. Big thanks to Night Swim for the use of their song Fiji as the theme song for the show. And please, please, please share this show with your friends. We love to spread the good word about Providence and the cool people that are doing amazing things here. So definitely do that. And thanks again for listening. We'll, uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.